You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 106. Thomas Miller back with you, and we have so much to talk about today. I've been dug into a book that is not a Fred Dodson book, if you could believe that. Yes, I actually read other stuff, and I'm going to tell you about this book because it has really captivated not only my attention, but even my paradigm of how to think about all of the stuff that we have talked about in this podcast. Yeah, this is monumental, and so we're going to talk about that, and then in response to some of your requests, let's talk about some trips. I've had several of you asking when the next adventure will be. Of course, we did Sedona last year in the spring, and I have some thoughts that I want to run by you, and then some new material that's coming. I'll tell you a little bit about it in this one. You know how I am with that. Don't disclose stuff until it manifests, but there are some great things in the works. All right, let's talk about this book that has just captivated my attention. It's called You Are the Placebo. It's by Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a chiropractor doctor, and he runs with Dr. Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden. Sometimes the three of them will do seminars together, and I believe this book was written in 2015, so it's fairly recent but not brand new. What it is is basically a deep dive into the physiology the physical aspects in our body of what we talk about in this podcast. So was it Bashar, I think, Daryl Anka, who said many messengers, same message or something like that? You know, I got on here four years ago and just started telling my story and it started to stick with people. But the message is a similar thread. Whether you listen to me or Fred Dodson or Wayne Dyer or Joe Dispenza or you watch The Secret or what the bleep, which is what Joe Dispenza, that gave him his popularity. I think you could liken it to, you know, whenever you drive through any town, you see churches on almost every corner. And fundamentally, it's the same message. You just hear different flavors. And what happens is, obviously, there's a community or a culture or a message or a listening, a hearing that works for you. Well, this one stuck for me because I'm enough of a techie that I like knowing what's going on inside the body. And this is what he talks about. Now, I want to make a point while I'm thinking about it. On this one, I got the audio book and then found that I needed to get the book. I would not recommend your only source be the audio book, and I'll tell you why. And I think some of the comments on Audible reflect this, or on Amazon, that all through the book, he references charts and graphs. And the narrator does not describe anything about what's on the charts. I mean, he just literally reads the text. So it will sound like see figure 6-2, where we're talking about how neurons are wired in the brain. Well, that's all you get. So from a critique standpoint, Dr. Dispenza, if you are listening, <laughs> this narrator, when he reads charts and graphs for Fred Dodson, describes what's in the charts or graphs. So at least you get some kind of mental picture. Radio and podcasts and audiobooks are truly the theater of the mind, so you have to give us a little more. So you're going to need the accompanying either book or Kindle is fine. But another reason why you might go ahead and order the book itself is this is a book. It's almost like a textbook because this material, as he speaks from his chiropractor, physician side, is something that's not familiar to mainstream us, the rest of the world. So he's using terminology and describing things that we're just not used to. So this will be new information. 
I guess, unless you studied biology or brain chemistry or brain sciences in school, which you may have done. But right up until the end, where he gives a couple of meditation scripts that are in charts that he didn't read. So here, you know, you get right up to the end, and here are these meditations that are going to completely change your life, and they're in figure A and figure B, and didn't read them. So, yeah, you're going to get an incomplete version on the um, the audiobook. But if you like to do what I do and listen while you're reading, then definitely you can get the audiobook, and you can read the accompanying book. That is a technology that science has done research on and found it to be substantially more effective than reading or listening alone. So what Dr. Dispenza describes, and I'm going to give you just the nutshell. This is the cliff note. This is the review. This is not intended to regurgitate his material. You just need to get the book. If you're interested in this kind of thing, you need to get the book. If you're not so much a techie and it's like then the cliff note version might be enough, then you'll probably get the gist of it from this podcast. But in the first half of the book, he explains how our natural responses, our subconscious responses, are literally hardwired into our brain chemistry. And he goes from the cell to the neuron to the gene to the protein to the neural pathway to the hormones to the chain to the whole thing is described in there, basically starting from thoughts and emotions. So the premise is that when we hold a sustained thought, where have you heard that before? Every kind of metaphysical material you can get your hands on, when you hold a sustained thought and you accompany it with emotion, the brain kicks into action. So the brain and then subsequently the body go into this chemical process that he describes in detail to support holding that thought or emotion. This is really, truly an amazing thing. So our thoughts literally begin to drive the chemistry of our body. Or you could think of this another way. When you cut your finger, immediately your body mobilizes to increase the white blood cells, move them in that direction, protect against infection, surround the infection with a pocket, And the whole process is geared toward protecting you from infection and to heal the wound. We're all familiar with that, right? Well, in the same way, when you hold a sustained thought and accompany that with emotion, your body mobilizes in the same way to create neuropathways in your brain to hold that thought, to capture it, and then sends the necessary hormones into your body in order to retain that emotion. And all of this is happening physiologically. It's such an amazing process that in reading and listening to this material causes me to even rethink the entire concept of the subconscious mind. Now, I still firmly believe that we have that realm that operates in the conscious world around us and then that realm that operates in the spiritual, however you want to separate that. Back in my early days, we were taught that we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Well, I don't think that's too far off, and there's a part of us that connects to the spiritual realm. There's the other part of us that obviously operates in the physical realm. But to me, the subconscious mind was that autoresponder. It's when the doctor hits you on the knee, your knee goes up, right? You always, it's that knee-jerk reaction. It's that instant response, that reflex. 
And as you longer-term listeners know, this podcast is basically all about me getting to a point in my life where I had to dissect what in the world is going on here. And I just saw so many of these auto-responses. Then when I learned about the subconscious mind, primarily from Dr. Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, then it made sense. I was like, okay, then there's this piece of us that gets programmed. Well, what Dr. Dispenza does and what Dr. Murphy did not have, and by the way, Dr. Murphy, I believe, was not a physician, correct? I had to hit pause there and check that out. Yes, he was a Ph.D. in psychology, not a medical doctor. But regardless, the technology that Dr. Dispenza discusses in You Are the Placebo wasn't even in the realm of possibility back in the early 60s when Dr. Murphy wrote The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. So he was dealing with knowledge as best they had it. And I think that this metaphysical community, if you will, this new age community, basically embraces the subconscious mind. And all I'm doing here is just musing to myself that maybe when you get what Dr. Dispenza is saying is the same process. It's just a physiological discovery, if you will, that our brain goes into action to support a sustained thought in the same way that our body goes into action to mobilize white blood cells around a cut. So, in essence, the body is saying, okay, if you are holding this thought, then you must want to retain this thought, so we are going to build neuropathways to imprint that thought and then send hormones into your body to make you feel the way that you feel while you're thinking that thought. Pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? I'm telling you, this book is heady. I mean, this, this thing will make you think. Now, in the second half, he talks literally about the quantum field, which is like Fred Dodson's parallel universes of self, and how we enter that quantum field through meditation. Again, same message, many messengers. And through that, we are able to literally slide into another reality. So if you want to just get another lens on parallel universes of self, that's the second half of the book. But remember, this is written by someone who has had medical training and is approaching this from a scientific perspective. So what's very interesting are some stories that he has done measuring EEG waves in the brain while they are meditating and while they are literally shifting their physiology, as he describes in the first half of the book. And then there are some stories of people who literally reversed diseases simply by changing their paradigm, by changing their thought patterns. There are amazing stories there. And one of them was about a lady who had multiple sclerosis. And I'm working with a guy right now on another project that has MS, and I know how debilitating that is and how permanent you would think that is. And yet, here is a documented, memorialized case study where a lady literally reversed the symptoms of her multiple sclerosis. And the book ends, and this is where the guy drops us off without reading the meditations. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like, crescendo, but you don't get to see the final act. You do in the book, just not the audiobook. But he talks about the power of meditation. And even he has two guided meditations on Audible as well that accompany the book. They are extra, and I'm going to suggest, if you're thinking about buying those, that you listen to the sample because his voice, to me, is a little hard to listen to. Like I said, this is like a book review. This is a critique, if you will. And I'm just saying that, for me, those were a little bit hard to listen to. 
I would listen to the sample first and see if that's something that you wanted to proceed with. They're not expensive. So some takeaways for me. Obviously, this is the same thing that we know spiritually, from a spiritual perspective, that you can literally reprogram the direction of your life by reprogramming your thoughts. So the teaching before is basically you hold a thought until it becomes habitual and transforms into reality. Here, as you hold a thought, your body sends neurochemicals throughout your brain to physically connect neuropathways in accordance with the thought and emotion that you hold, and then sends hormones into your body so that your physiology supports your brain. So our body will listen to what is programmed in our brain. He has a great line in there that he uses in reverse, that our body becomes our mind. That means our body follows what is wired in our brain. And conversely, our brain becomes our body. But the ultimate takeaway is the critical importance of what we think every single minute of the day. I've been shown over and over, and it even came up again this week, how those little lingering thoughts from the past can still creep in there. And what that is, is it's still, in this material, the interpretation of that would be that it is still a neuropathway that is connected and can still fire off. So for me, that indicates incomplete reprogramming. More work to do. Don't we all have more work to do? We will have more work to do until we take our last breath in this life. So another takeaway for me is to go back to something that I've covered long, pod, many, many podcasts ago, and that is to repetitiously listen to audio that I want to feed my brain. So I'm playing with some new material in that regard that I'll report to you once it's kind of passed the snuff test. But I'm also going to start developing some of my own audio products. This has been in the pipeline for some time. It's been something that I've been working through and just wanted to get to the right place. And this is it. This is the right place and the right time. So I'm going to be doing some of my own on that that will be available to you as they come out. And this is all under the umbrella of some of the next projects. There's another web URL that I'm building that I'm not going to point you to yet because it's under construction. There's nothing there to show. But it's going to be a place to bring a lot of these resources together in one spot. And then there are a couple of other things that I'm going to talk about in the, in the near future. But one of the things that I wanted to tease as well will be the next two podcasts. Yesterday, I interviewed a friend of mine that we met about six years ago in an online group where we were basically, it was about 30 people that were committed to taking their life to a higher level. And this guy is absolutely amazing. We did two podcasts. They're both about 20-ish minutes long each. But you're going to catch this guy's energy, effervescence, enthusiasm, love, passion, etc. And what we talked about is going to make a big difference in your life. So I'm going to release those just a few days. It'll take me a couple of days to get them edited and put together, and then I'm going to release them back to back so that if you really get into the interview, you don't have to wait a week to pick up part two. And then I have another set of interviews with a guy on meditation. So while we're talking about meditation here with You Are the Placebo, we're going to do a whole drill down on meditation with a guy who meditates for two hours a day every morning. You don't think that's made a difference in his life. Now, let's just pour up a cup of coffee or a glass of tea here and let's talk about something together, just us. 
Last year, you know, I put a trip together, and if you've listened back to those podcasts, we went to Sedona, ended up taking 24 people, and it was there was no agenda to the trip. It was just, we're going to Sedona, and we're going to go hike the various vortexes. I had mentioned Sedona always had a way with me, and boy, did it on that trip. <laughs> Still kind of licking my wounds on that one. But it touched those 24 lives so much that people are still posting those pictures on Facebook. It was an amazing time together. And you talk about bonding. I mean, lifelong friends were developed on that trip. Now, I'm going to just bleed out here and and kind of give you some deep inside insights on some thought processes that were going on for me. I had a, a false story playing in my mind that goes all the way back to an experience I had my sophomore year in college that I had told myself that I could not magnetize a group of people together. I mean, go figure that, because tens of thousands of people listen to this podcast every month. So, yeah, you know, can't can't hold any water in that bucket. But originally, I was thinking a group of about 12, and we ended up growing to a size of 24. And what I didn't do is I didn't go back to those original 12 and say, hey, we're growing. Are you okay with that? And so that energy was in the space of the trip. And, you know, this is how the universe works. So our very last vortex, we were there with these two white vans, these 15-passenger vans in the parking lot. Well, some lady from the Forest Service who didn't have anything better to do wandered by and started to ask questions about whose vans these are. And the bottom line is, throughout the day, we ended up getting a ticket for operating a for-profit tour group without a permit. We had a couple of people who work in the legal profession on the trip, and they just said, look, it's easier to pay the ticket than to fight it. They knew that we had the case because it was not a for-profit trip. We set that intention from the very beginning, and it ended up, uh, actually, we were underwater. The trip cost me about $125 at the end of the day. So we landed the budget as close as you can and not be profitable. But, you know, as I have reflected on that many times since, it became obvious that what was in the space was that I was not in full integrity with the original people who signed up for a trip with 12. So that said, I want to do some other adventure tours, and it's this has come to me hiking many a time here in Colorado. In fact, the last really good hike I took, I was just it was consuming to put trips together. So I've got a couple of ideas that I wanted to run by you. These are preliminary, but it gives you a chance to a express interest and b vote on what sounds fun and exciting and something that you would like to participate in. And I'm thinking that one of these trips could accommodate a bigger group. Two of these, actually, could accommodate a bigger group. And then a couple of them would be a smaller group. And I am going to absolutely, I have learned my lesson. When I say we're going to cut it off at X, then we're going to cut it off at X. And then we'll go to a waiting list. Universe taught me that one for sure. And I got it. So one of the other things that came to me on this hike was to share this amazing place that I have landed for the last 18 months here in basically central Colorado. So one of the trips, and I've got to go down and scope this place out, but there's this place called Crawford, absolutely in the middle of nowhere. But they have this huge quartz outcropping that comes up out almost like a mountain, this huge boulder of energy. And there's a meditation center built there in Crawford. And I'm Facebook connected with one of the people who is involved in it. 
So I need to run down there. I think it's about a three-hour drive from Aspen here, but I need to run down there and see what that's about and talk to them about could we do a meditation trip in this really high-energy place. And I think they have nice facilities there so it wouldn't be too rugged, and it would basically be a lecture. So what we didn't do in Sedona is we didn't, there was no teaching. There were no classes, no workshops, nothing like that. Here, we would put together classes and workshops, and there would be instruction, and we would have group get-togethers, and then we would have time for meditation. Now, that's the upside, and the upside, of course, is the energy, the phenomenal energy in that place. The downside is there aren't the Colorado activities that you would otherwise be able to explore like I'm going to tell you about next. So that's option A, the Crawford meditation trip, or someplace else if Crawford doesn't work out. Now, here's another one. This would be a smaller group. This would be an adventure trip. One of the things that I really want to do is share the high country adventures that I've been doing myself over the last 18 months with other people. So just over the pass here from Aspen is the Arkansas River, and it is just a playground in the summertime. So one of the big activities is river rafting, and we might be a little bit late for that this year. It is best in May and June, unless, unless, and I'm game for this. I'm seriously game for this. If you would, if I hear from eight of you, let's set it at eight, eight people for river rafting. If I hear from eight of you, then I will put a river rafting trip together. We'll have to be nimble, but we could do it in probably, let's say the third week of June. Something like that. I mean, we could mobilize in three weeks. I mean, this is a fast, impromptu deal. But after the river goes down, then the rafting is done. And that's usually the end of June. It could extend into the first part of July, but we've been warm. So I think it's probably going to be a June thing. But if I hear from eight of you that say, I want to go on a rafting trip down the Arkansas River, boom, I'll put it together. But there are other things that we could do later on in August and September where we'd have more planning. We can there's fly fishing is just abundant on the river. There are places to camp. Now I would suggest that for a little bit later when it cools down, because that is a little bit warm in that little valley there. There's horseback riding. There are some amazing day hikes. And then the other trip, and this would probably be a separate trip for the really not faint at heart. Colorado has 53 mountains over 14,000 feet. And several of them are right there on that range between Buena Vista and Salida. They call it the Collegiate Peaks, if you want to look it up, because they're like Mount Yale, Mount Princeton, Mount Harvard. But we can climb those 14,000-foot peaks. Now, these are not Everest. (laughs) These are mostly hikes. There will be some steep climbing on rocks when you get up to the top generally just before the summit, but they are doable for most people in relatively good health. And I would like to do five 14ers myself this year. You can do them any time, but the best weather conditions where you're generally not going to encounter lightning, which is the biggest danger, is August and September. So I thought what I would do with that, because that's more rugged, that's camping out in some cases, at least one night, maybe two, and then you've got a very long hike. Uh, the last I climbed Mount Elbert in 2012, and it took me 10 hours, and I'm slow. But basically, you start early in the morning, and I mean real early in the morning, because you want to be down off of the mountain by about one or two. It's also weather dependent, because if thunderstorms are in the area, then you don't want to be summiting a 14,000-foot peak. So that's another one that I'll have to put some formality around. But if you're interested in doing 14ers with me, 
then send me an email. So let's cut that up into a couple of pieces. So again, we have the meditation trip in Crawford or someplace else. And really, we could almost combine the meditation trip with a Salida Buena Vista trip, Arkansas River trip, because we could do some of the classes and then some outdoor activities. That would be a good possibility. So if Crawford didn't work out, we could back up to the Arkansas River slash Salida and do that. And then for you rugged peak climbers, we could do some 14ers. That would be a separate trip, probably four or six at the most for that. So there are two others. See, you're going to get to vote on all this stuff. This is going to be fun. See this, and, and this is my problem up here, is there are so many things to do. <laughs> and then we could do a, we could definitely do a ski trip in uh, next winter. That's for sure. But here's another idea. How about an astrology-related retreat? Now, this would be in upstate New York. We would go to Albany, and we would hang out in the backyard of my friend Leslie Thornton, who was one of my co-leaders on the Sedona trip. She has a friend who is an amazing astrologer who lives in Albany, and I think it would be really cool to let them show us around upstate New York, which is a beautiful place in itself. But my idea on this retreat is that we would all send our birth information, so our chart information, you know, place of birth, time of birth, and let her run our charts and study our charts. And particularly, I was thinking that this would be especially relative to families, particularly parents who would like to understand not only the dynamics in their relationship with their spouse, but also how their kids are wired for life. That is all packaged in the astrology chart, and this particular person has the ability in her astrology practice to do this. She could pull this off. She's that good. So we would have seminars during the day, and then each participant would meet privately twice with the astrologer. I would do it twice so that they could get the download, if you will, this would be a lot of material to go over, but basically you would get the download of how your family dynamic is put together. Or if you're single, then it would just be for one person. But I think this would be particularly useful for families. And then you could have some time with that and then come back and ask some follow-up questions. Meanwhile, the rest of the group would either be doing some activities or we'd be in some workshops. And what we could do in the workshops is take the material that she gives us from everybody's life, kind of see what the common themes are, and then we could do some material targeted to that. So you'd really get a, I mean, just a real impactive weekend of what your family dynamic is. Or if you're single, then we could pull out what your life is looking like. If you wanted career or relationship advice, we could do that too. And then the final one would be to go back to Sedona in the fall. You don't want to go in the summer. It's too hot. But we could go back to Sedona in the fall. And what I would do this time is we could do the vortexes, but we could also do some workshops as well. And I have some cool ideas of some other things to throw in. I want to talk to my friend who I did a podcast interview with a couple of episodes ago, Cynthia Clark, and see if she could bring her palm reading to one of these. Certainly up here in the mountains, she would be more available. I don't know about her travel schedule, but I think that would be really, really cool as well. So would you do me a favor? Would you get on the email and send me an email to thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com or go to the website and go to the contact page and just use the contact form there. That's easy. It comes right to me. And would you weigh in on what of this sounds good? I know I've thrown a lot at you. It's kind of thinking out loud, if you will, but I wanted you to know just the really cool stuff that would be possible on these trips. 
So if you were to get together with podcast listeners from literally around the country and possibly internationally, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? What kind of trip would you say, man, I am in on that? And if I didn't mention something that's on your heart, send me that as well. If it's a good idea and enough people are interested, we'll just create it. All right, I am past time here. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for supporting this and giving me some feedback. In summary of what we've talked about today, watch every single thought. If it doesn't align with who you are being, then change it and hold that thought sustained for 60 days and give your brain a chance to rewire. Use audio for help, and I will have some coming soon. And check back over the next couple of days because I'm going to be releasing some podcasts. I know we haven't had many here for a, there's been a gap, but I've been doing Fred's audio books. We're going to start cranking the machine back up. I've got some good stuff in episodes coming ahead. Thank you for listening and staying with us on this one. As you are watching your thoughts, enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.